Galaxy Defenders, it's Stephanie and Sam, and you're listening to McHill, an American podcast for McFly. In this podcast, we discuss McFly's music single by single and album by album. If you like what you hear, rate our podcast on your favorite podcast streaming site. It may not seem like a lot, but it helps the podcast out so much. And since you're there already, give McHill a follow so you don't miss out on any future episodes. Today's episode is all about Above the Noise, McFly's fifth studio album. Number five. Number five. (laughs) We made it. (laughs) After three years, we've made it. We made it through five albums in three years. Well, they only have six. Well, seven, eight. I'm not counting Busted. That's not a a McFly album. Um, They're in it, but it's not their album. So they technically only have six. Yeah. Seven. The Lost Songs wasn't an official album. Yeah. Right, and, um, and like, Memory Lane, technically, but. <laughs> Which we'll get there. Uh, That's how we'll be coming you, back for from our hiatus. Can... We'll come back and we'll be like, it's all about Memory Lane. Remember us? <laughs> <laughs> you guys couldn't see it, but she rolled her eyes when she said that. <laughs> um, so, but above the noise. Um, so, like Sam said, it's their fifth studio album. It was released on November 15th, 2020. It was generally favorable with music critics. It debuted at number 20. Uh, by the end of 2010, the album was silver. Um, they, sorry. <laughs> Jason Perry also worked on this album, but he only worked on tracks two, six, and eight, which I find really interesting. Um, I'll come back to that. And this started... This album started their sub-based website, Super City. Super City. I don't remember Super City. I wasn't part of it. Like, it was a thing that was happening without me. They all had their, like, individual guitar picks. Even Harry, for some reason, had a guitar pick. (laughs) And, like, I didn't understand. I still don't know which guitar pick is who because, like, I was just totally left out of that whole movement. You know, I did say in an earlier episode, I think I had, like, an account there but i don't think that's true because i have learned that it was all like sub-based right so you had to pay for it maybe i just stared at the website for so long like longingly like a poor little person tapping on the window like (laughs) i want in and i thought i had an account (laughs) you're a charles dickens orphan like please (laughs) it's so cool please let me in Super City was super popular <laughs> because the first day it opened, it crashed. Yeah. That happened to MTA as well when people were signing up for it. I don't know if like by this album, they were like as popular as they were with like first album or whatever, but they like really downplay their fan base like all the time. <laughs> this still happens, right? Even all this time later, they are crashing MTA. Yep right back when MTA existed every time they're like sign up for the golden ticket or whatever back on tour a couple years ago website crashes right like every time they do anything on the internet websites crash or the servers crash they're like we're playing O2 for our 10 year anniversary and they sold out in like what three seconds or something crazy yeah this isn't like Taylor Swift's going on the era's tour level of internet breaking (laughs) but it's still a lot And I remember some of those interviews from back in 2010 when they were like, we just did not expect this kind of reaction. I'm like, okay, cool. But like now you do, you should. So why is it still always happening? 
The article I read also mentioned they were giving away their LP for Above the Noise for free. But what I found interesting is it was free once you paid a right, fee. Free. <laughs> to like be on the website. <laughs> and I also asked some of our Twitter followers if anyone remembered Super City and what their memories were for Super City because we weren't on it. So I'm like, what's what was this website like? Tell me everything. And our friend Sarah from Missouri, she wrote, the sign-up crash ignited my anxiety. <laughs> That's all anybody <laughs> remembers. Like, nobody actually remembers being on the Super City website. They only remember freaking out that they couldn't get in. Yeah. And then Gary also responded. And she wrote, that's how she met some of her dearest friends. Oh. And I was like, oh, was there a message board or something? And she's like, yeah, much like a channel on Discord. A channel on Discord, I'm a part of a couple of them for, like, Miles Robbins on Twitch and, like, Passions Planet on Twitch and Kelsey and Pichike. You, like, go to their channel on their Discord and, like, there's different, like, categories. You can, like, con- like chat in with people. And so that's what I understand of it. And also, D posted on our tweets, I distinctly remember not being able to be a pioneer. Expensive. I was 14. And then I made an account once they hinted at an American tour because I wanted to get the ticket perks. Then they announced there was no Super City perks for the U.S. shows and it closed not long after. (laughs) (laughs) Boo. There also was no U.S. tour. They played four shows in 2012. That's so true. They played two shows in New York, which Stephanie and I were at one. And then they played two shows in LA and that was it. And I was like, that is not an American tour. Like Stephanie and I went (laughs) overnight on a bus for like 18 hours to get to New York, which was the close show, right? Like California was so far away. It might as well have been the UK. (laughs) Yeah. They did not show up (laughs) for the American (laughs) fan base uh, as promised. I think, again, I think they were kind of surprised Yeah. of, like, how many American fans they had. Yeah. I don't even remember, do you, if they always had two dates each or if they added a second night at both locations? I don't remember if that's true or not. I do not remember. I want to say there's always two shows each. Maybe. I don't remember. All I remember were we paid stupid amounts of money for those tickets. Yeah, because they sold out so quickly. We bought them, like, very, very overpriced on StubHub. Which I don't regret, because at the time, it was going to be our only chance to ever see them. Right. And it was glorious. I still look at those pictures very fondly. (laughs) It's not really realistic for for McFly at their level now in the UK to do, like, theater tours, right? They really can only do arena tours. Yeah. But... Now that we've been to the arena tours in the UK, um, which were also glorious, uh, you know, the greatest thing that's ever happened to us, probably. I will say I'm really grateful for the chance to have seen them in, like, a small standing room theater like that. Uh, Oh, yeah. You know, that was really special. It was was very intimate. And I, we were so close to the stage. There was, I don't remember a barrier at that stage in 2012. No. There was a couple people in front of me. I didn't quite manage to get to the front. Yeah, but I remember being so close to the stage that one of the girls we met in line had me throw her bra on stage, and I made it. Nice. (laughs) I remember that. (laughs) Yeah, I don't remember that because we parted ways instantly as soon as we walked in. Which is 
our MO at at McFly concerts. (laughs) Yeah, like, I was like, okay, I'm going to squeeze through these, like, crowds of people to get as close to Danny at center stage as I can. And you were like, cool, I'm going to Dougie's side, bye. And, like, we had that whole concert by ourselves. Like, I didn't see you the whole show. Yeah. (laughs) And met back up with you at the end, uh, which is also how we did it when we had the OMFG zone. We know why we came. We're not pretending. Right, like, no hurt feelings, see you at the end. (laughs) There's also some, like, other memories that people posted on here. Karis, if that's how you pronounce it, I'm so sorry if it's not. Um, I remember the day at launch, and so many people tried to sign up that it crashed, and the site had to close down immediately. They did, like, five Twitch cams on that day just to talk about what was going on. And some bonus memories are being able to meet them for the first time because of the Pioneer meet and greets, the acoustic live stream Tom and Dougie did one evening where... They did so many underplayed songs. Those are really nice. I'm jealous of the Pioneer meet and greets. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Even if we did pay for a subscription to be a Pioneer, we could have gone. We could have got any perks. Yep. And then Emily also put on here, I was a Pioneer and kept the signed certificate framed in my dorm all four years. It was pretty much the only thing I signed up for. So it's nice to hear from people who actually were a part of the website what it was like because like we said before we weren't a part of it did you know that it took two years to develop this website did so they've been working on it since 2008 yeah wow i did not know that yeah i guess they each had their own rooms i remember reading about that (laughs) you could like go to danny's room (laughs) go to danny's room i was like oh scandalous (laughs) i don't know if this was true somebody will have to tell us but i guess like Harry made a joke about going to Dougie's room and if he wanted to know how to like breed reptiles or something. <laughs> I love that. I was like, oh. But yeah, they apparently had their old rooms. I don't know what else was on there besides like live streams and because like it was a city, right? But if you only have four lads' bedrooms, like that's not really a city, that's a house. It's a super house. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what it was about either. I will tell you that I find myself picturing, even though this is the wrong era, the city from Lies, the music video. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, it was like that. You just got online and everything was just really dark. <laughs> like you just clicked on stuff. You shined a light on it. <laughs> okay, there we go. Bringing it back around. But what I also found really wild about this website is they declared it a, a success on day one because they reached their first six-month target on day one. Wow. I also read their own opinion about this album. It was an article, I know we're in 2010, but it was an article that was written in 2012. And they said they didn't like this album, but it wasn't against anything that Dallas Austin did. They just wanted to try something new. And they actually wanted to release If You See Kate as a single. Oh, that would have slapped as a single. Yeah, it would have. I was like, oh, okay. Um, they wanted to release that instead of Party Girl. Okay, okay. Why didn't they, did they say? No, I think it was just like out of their control. The higher powers above them were like, no, I think Party Girl should be the first single. But they thought Party Girl sounded like a bad version of a Lady Gaga song. <laughs> yeah, they hate that song so much. They hate it. But Tom did admit in his 2012 article, I have receipts that when he plays the album back, he does like it more than he originally did. See, it grows on you. It grows on you. The whole album, I think, grows on you. Yeah. Right? Like, 
I don't know what your opinion is about the album because we have not discussed out of time. But like all these things that you have to say or that the critics have to say about favorable reviews Mm -hmm. feels like the fans did not agree. And I have some quotes, not from fans, but from these favorable reviews. Tell me. Because I was honestly shocked how like pumped these music reviews were about this album because I know that fans really don't like it. A lot of them put it as their like least favorite McFly album when they rank albums. Yeah. McFly really didn't like it. But like these reviews are like glowing, right? Like John O'Brien from All Music called it a consistently strong collection of songs, like McFly's most consistently strong. Ian Moffat said, not only are McFly conclusively back, but they have just guaranteed themselves a future, which is hilarious for two reasons, right? One, back. Their last album was only two years ago. Like, where did they go that they're back? And then also hilarious that he's like, you've guaranteed a future, and then they didn't release new content for years. They're like, fuck you, guy. (laughs) We'll show you a future. But then, like, the one that really stuck with me is from OK Magazine, where they said, guitars are so yesterday... While it would be easy to accuse them of jumping on a pile of cash, we're pleased because this is the best thing that McFly has ever done. Oh my god. I know. And then Entertainment Focus also called it their best record ever. And one reviewer from M is for Music said this will help them back on their feet after Radioactive. And that's where I just like question marks come out of my eyes because (laughs) what? Right? Like, Like the music reviews seem so out of touch with what I understand the fan base reaction to be, which is that Radioactive is universally people's favorite album or one of, right? It's beloved. Everyone loves that guitar sound. They're always waiting for it to come back. And then the critics are like, guitars are so yesterday. This is totally going to help them recover from Radioactive. And it's like, no, what? Every fan I know is like, what happened to Radioactive? I hate this album. Yeah. So like the fans did not agree with these like glowing, glowing reviews. That's wild. I felt personally attacked at that last review. Me too! Like, I'm just like, what? <laughs> like, what? You think Radioactive was a failure? Excuse me. I mean, critically, it was a failure. And I don't think it sold as many albums as uh, they intended. That probably has a lot to do with the fact that Radioactive was made on their own label. Yeah. And then they come back to Island Records for Above the Noise. So, like, I get that it didn't sell as much or, like, make as much money or, like, whatever. But, like, at the time and also all these years later, I really just feel like it felt like a passion project made, like, for the fans. Yeah. Um, the music that McFly loved. And, um, and like, the fans loved it, too. Yeah. And then, like, Above the Noise, all these critics are like, welcome back to the biz. Like, you're doing it right. Like, you're making the sounds we want to hear. But then McFly is, like, sort of, like, disappointed in this album. And the fans are, like, outraged about this album. Then they took a 10-year hiatus because they were like, this album sucked. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I don't know if that's actually why, but the timing is very suspicious. I mean, the industry did change in those 10 years. Mm -hmm. I keep saying fans do not agree, fans do not agree. But, like, where do you land as an individual fan on this album? I really do like this album. (laughs) Yeah, I like it more than I, one, remember, and two, would have anticipated. I think I said this about That's the Truth, like the song, which is that I'm like, oh, I never think about it. But like when it's on, I'm like, yeah, this is great. That's how I felt like with this experience. Like I 
when I want to listen to McFly, I'm going to reach for Radioactive. Yeah. Or Motion in the Ocean. Yeah. Like, because that's quintessential, like, peak McFly to me. Yeah. But I have listened to nothing but this album for a week straight, like, preparing for this recording. And I gotta say, this album is great! I love it! Like, there are some songs that I'm just like, skip. Right? But overall, like, I had trouble narrowing it down. Sam and I had to reschedule this session, not because of this reason, but, like, we rescheduled the session, and I was like, thank God, because I can't pick between these nine songs. (laughs) Right, out of 11! (laughs) So you've got two skips, it sounds like, and then the other nine, you're like... How do you choose? And that's exactly how I felt. And I also had, like, two that I was like, these are the bottom of my list, done and done. But it's funny then. (laughs) I wonder if they're the same, too. Uh, Because then after that, I was like, like, I have a top five, quote unquote. But, like, my, like, seventh song could still be in my top five. I like it just as much. At some point, I was like, this is arbitrary. So I am shocked that I love this album this much sitting here today in 2023. And I wonder if it's because I'm sitting here today in 2023, because I don't remember being as mad about this album as the fans are uh, or were back then. Um, And that could just be because I wasn't involved in the fandom, like in a public way when I was like a senior in high school listening to this in 2010. Yeah. But I do remember listening to this album in the car you know, like driving with my windows down, like belting it out. So it's not like I heard it once, hated it and never listened to it again. But like, I don't remember being obsessed with that the way that I remember being obsessed with radioactive. With radioactive. I don't know anything about psychology, but I would bet anything that the fact that we were 15 when radioactive came out has everything to do with it. I bet so too. Because the music you listen to at the ages of 15, 14, like make a lasting impression on you and you still listen to that music to this day yeah i bet you everyone listening right now i bet you listen to the same music you listen to at 14 and 15 i do and i'm not saying there's anything bad about it i do it's just like psychologically that's what happens and i think that's maybe what happened is that um those two albums were released when we were that age and so like we like imprinted on them and so when this album came out Mm -hmm. um i liked it I have always said this is McFly's sexiest album. It is very sexy. And I still think that to this day. Like, it is their sexiest album to date. Even including Young Dumb Throws. It is their sexiest one. It is definitely sexier than Young Dumb Throws. And, like, I think if you had asked me before I did all of this prep and, like, really spent some time with this album in, like, a very meaningful way, probably for the first time in 13 years, I would have said... And we've already discussed this. Sorry for all you lovers out there. Wonderland is the bottom of my list if I ranked all of McFly's <laughs> albums. I've always said that. So above the noise, I always put that above Wonderland. Uh-huh. But I bet you that I would have put above the noise second lowest, right? Like it's yeah. it's always it's either going to be radioactive or motion in the ocean. It feels like picking my children trying to decide that. Yeah. And then number three probably would have been Room on the Third Floor, right? And then above the noise. And so only Wonderland is below them. And then if you had asked me this, like, li- more recently after Young Dumb Thrills has been out for a couple of years, I probably would have put that above Above the Noise. And, like, now I'm like, would I? And I don't want to commit because I haven't listened to a Young Dumb Thrills as an album uh, lately, and I have this. But, like, now I'm like, is this better than Room on the Third Floor? Like, is this better than... <laughs> <laughs> Young Dumb Thrills, like, it's never, it's never going to touch Motion in the Ocean and Radioactive, but, like, 
a little bit. I'm sitting here today thinking maybe I want Above the Noise to be my in my top three of McFly's albums, which is yeah. very controversial, I think. But yeah, I love this album like way more than I thought I did. Um, I guess this isn't a fair question, but I still want to ask it. When was the last time you listened to Youngdom Thrills? As an actual album all the way through? Correct. Um, probably like be right before or after tour in 2021. Okay. You know, I've listened to um, a couple of songs from that album like two days ago. <laughs> I mostly listen to McFly on Shuffle. Yes. I don't really like experience their albums as like complete pieces anymore yeah. just because Spotify is a thing. So yeah, I like, that's what I'm saying. Like, this is probably the first time I've sat down with above the noise as an album without being on shuffle in 13 years and ditto young dumb thrills, you know, since it came yeah. out, I listened yeah. to it all the way through and then I was like, okay, cool. And then I just threw it on shuffle. I was just wondering, I think it's the same for me too. I don't think I've listened to the album. Happiness comes on my shuffle sometimes because I usually listen my like songs and happiness is in my liked songs so it comes on sometimes but um yeah I haven't listened to the album since probably tour so there's a chance that if I spent an entire week listening to nothing but young dumb thrills I would like it more than above the noise you're like this is my new favorite album right yeah so like there there's like a proximity thing happening right <laughs> but the point is is that I spent a week with above the noise and I liked it yeah I didn't dread it at all. Foolish, which is the 11th song on the album, ended. And usually, like, Spotify is, like, picks, like, songs that come, like, around that era for you to listen to. And I'm like, nope. And we went right back to End of the World. So did I. Yeah, just put the whole album right on repeat. And I'm talking, like, six hours a day, right? Because I'm working at my desk, like, you know, just playing in the background. And um, and I never, I never got sick of it. I was listening to this uh, last week. And I remember cooking dinner and I like, it gives me an energy I, I forgot I had in a way. Cause like these certain songs, I'm not going to name any of these songs because then you'll probably guess my top five, but these certain songs would come on and I would just like dance in the kitchen and like sing along and like sing to my dogs who are like, what the hell's going on? My Google was volume all the way up. My neighbors hate me. Like, but it's worth it. It's like, this is a good album. It is. I, re I really encourage you, if you're listening at home right now and you have not listened to Above the Noise as an album in 15 years or 13 years, do it. Yeah. After this podcast is over, like, put that baby on play and, like, really sit with it because there's something here. It's awesome. Yeah. You need to enter it with an open mind because if you have, like, that negative feelings that you remember, like, nostalgically, like, let them go. Let them go. It's been 13 years. Uh, they have moved on. You need to move on from your feelings, too. Tom even said when he listens back to this album, he likes it more. So take note, sit down, listen to Above the Noise. <laughs> yeah, there is there's some here, you know, I'm curious to get into the individual songs because we're trying to avoid naming individual songs up till now. Okay. And you said that you couldn't choose from like nine of them. <laughs> so what were your 10 and 11, right? What were your like, you're not even in the running skippos? Not even in the running was Nowhere Left to Run mm -hmm. and Foolish. Okay. So Nowhere Left to Run was also my number 11. Like I ranked them all because I couldn't <laughs> pick a top five. So I was like, let's just put these in order. Yeah, that's one of my, like, that's my least favorite one on the album. Yeah. Which isn't, I don't know, it's not really even a skip, right? Because I'm playing it. Oh, I skip it. Do you skip it? You hate it that much? 
I don't I don't hate it that much. I just skip it for reasons, which I will get into later. Like why are you waiting till later? Because it has to do with my top five. We'll we'll get into later. Okay, okay. Has to do with your top five. All right. I was like, this is the time to talk about Never Left to Run. Why are you waiting? But I see. It connects. Okay. No, like, no, it's not the song itself. It's just, it's a skip for me because, like, I, like, it starts and I'm like, ugh, this song. It's a skip for you because it's in between I'll Be Your Man and I Need a Woman, isn't it? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They did a discredit. For putting a song in between those two songs. <laughs> yeah, it was a weird place to put this song. It's not doing it any favors. I do think it's the weakest song on the album, and that might have something to do with placement. But And also, I couldn't tell you the order of this song, like these songs, like 100% from memory, but I know that one from memory because it's a really weird place for it. <laughs> yeah. And Foolish wasn't in the running for you? No. Where was um, Where was End of the World for you? I can't tell you. Oh, lower than I thought then. Okay. <laughs> I, w- I was wanting to see if we lined up, because Foolish was also in my, like, bottom three, but I put End of the World back, the- back up there, too. Oh. Uh, so you can't tell me, because it's apparently very low. <laughs> so that's that's interesting. We had one of the same of the two sort of skips. Yeah. Okay. I think, I think Nowhere Left to Run and End of the World, I think of them as paired for some reason. Like, they just sort of sound similar to me. Oh, okay. They're both the most forgettable songs on the album for me. Yeah, another song that was an easy, like, that's not going in my top five was Shine a Light. Yeah, Shine a Light would be my, like, is right up there. It's right underneath Foolish as number, like, eight. Yeah. Yeah. But then the rest of them, right, like, seven and down, for me, I was like, what do I do? Where do they go? This is so hard. (laughs) Uh, So it sounds like, except for, except for End of the World, which we should come back to when we get to it for you. Otherwise, we are sort of on the same page here. Like, Nowhere Left to Run, Foolish, Shine a Light. These are, like, not bad songs, but they're sort of the bottom of our our list on this album. That's interesting. Yeah. Which is, it is interesting. Because I, like, when I talk about, like, us as people, I'm like, yeah, we're two sides of the same coin. Like, she's on one end, I'm on the other. Like, yin and yang. If we have to do McFly albums, I'm more radioactive and you're more Motion of the Ocean. Yeah, like personality-wise especially. Right. And so that's really interesting that we're like, yeah, these songs now. Well, I mean, <laughs> I think we almost always have, like, similar groups, but then I don't think we're ever in the same order, right? Or, like, there's always that one yeah. random outlier, right? Like, your number one is my number three, my number one is your number four or something, right? So, like, we're never too, too far off, yeah. except for maybe End of the World, <laughs> I'm very excited to get there. <laughs> okay, so should we uh, do top five? Let's start. Start with your five. My number five? Party Girl. Okay. L- higher than I expected it to be, to be honest with you. Yeah. For you. Um, I, I do I do love Party Girl. Before I listened to this album on repeat for the last, like, two weeks, I think it was my most played song from Above the Noise. Mm-hmm. But then I rediscovered the other gems that are in my top five. And I was like, I have to put it in my top five because it's such it's such a good song and I am horny on main for the video. But it is five. I mean, we had a whole episode about it. I don't even know, like, what else to add, you know? No, you don't like, have to, yeah. I guessed towards what I thought your top five, like, not, I didn't guess your whole top five, but I was like, this song probably... This song definitely, right? And um, and I would have put Party Girl a little bit lower. I knew it would be in your okay. top five, but I would have put it a little lower in that list. Like, you know, 
like maybe top three. So that's interesting. My number five is that's the truth. Okay. And I don't need to say too much about it because I talked about it in the last episode, but I put it in my top five partially, I think for the reasons that you put in Party Girl. It's because like, I love that song so much, but I never think about it. And so I was like, all right, (laughs) I'm going to bump it a little lower because of that. I mean, I think about Party Girl. Yeah. But it's just like, I discovered someone else, I guess. Yeah, I get it. I get it. And then just because it transitions, uh, my number four was Party Girl. For similar reasons. Oh, was yeah. it? So okay. like, I knew I wanted, and like, and it was it was a tough choice trying to rank. That's the truth in Party Girl as four and five. Really, it could go either way, but uh, but I ultimately ended up putting Party Girl one slot lower than That's the Truth, just because um, it's the one that always got my attention when I was like playing it on you know the albums, just playing straight through, and you don't listen every single minute of the the, the day. Right. But Party Girl would always sort of get my attention, right? Like. You know, I'd be like, oh, we're in it. So that's my number four. My number four is End of the World. Okay, tell me why. Because I put it so far <laughs> back, you can't even see it. So End of the World is my number four. Because it, like, starts the album. It gives the vibe of the album. There's, like, that robot lady that's like, your mission. <laughs> now downloading. <laughs> yeah. Like, and I like the way she says, Dougie. <laughs> like, there's that. But the song itself... I also really, really love, it has two guitar solos. How did you not expect this to be in my top five? I think because I didn't listen to it closely enough ever to be like, there's two guitar solos, <laughs> Stephanie will love it. It's just like, I, I always ignore it. Yeah. Like, I don't skip it, but I, I always ignore it. That's partially what I mean, because Party Girl comes right after it. Yeah. And so, like, I'll put the album on. And I'll, like, go back to whatever I was doing, and then for, like, two and a half minutes, I don't even hear it. And then it's, like, now let's party. And I'm, like, oh, yeah, what's up? So, like, I just, like, into the world goes in one ear and out the other. So I miss the guitar solos. But it makes sense. You love a guitar solo. I'm a hoe for guitar solos. And I just like the way Danny sounds in this song. He's, like, thought I saw something moving. Eyes in the dark. And I'm, like, oh, okay. And then Tom comes in with, look it in your eyes. I can see forever. <laughs> you just started singing it, and I was like, oh, yeah, that's a good song. And now I'm, like, mad that it's, like, only behind Nowhere Left to Run because this album slaps. Like, there's not a single song on here that I actually hate, right? So this was really hard. Yeah. So I I always had fun when, like, the song would come on. And, like, I would skip Fuller specifically to listen to the song again. Because yeah. I could not wait, like, the three minutes or whatever that Foolish was. Because I was like, yeah. end of the world right now. Like, right. so Foolish just had the unfortunate placement to be 11. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Placement matters. Yeah. yeah. I'm hearing the music in my head right now. And I'm like, I should listen to it right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I can see it. I could appreciate it. I can vibe. What's your number three? My number three, we don't have to say a lot about it right now. Because I have a suspicion that it is your two or one, okay. which is I need a woman. Woo! <laughs> and so I don't want to say a lot about it because I think that conversation is coming. <laughs> I will say that it beat out its very close friend, I'll Be Your Man, because I think I specifically love the My Girl like sample from uh, the Temptation song yeah. like in this one. So... Yeah, we'll come back to that because <laughs> I know that you have feelings. You know I have feelings. So my number three is If You See Kate. All right. All right. 
I'm going to spoil it a little bit so we can just talk about it right now. That's my number two. <laughs> so, like, let's go, right? If you see Kate, I'm ready. Danny starts it, and just, I love how it starts. I think maybe because I'm like, I could be Kate, right? I'll be standing in line with the book of compatible signs. And also, like, I was in ASL when this album came out. I can sign this song. Yeah, so it's special to you. It's special to me in that aspect. And it's just, like, about a boy looking for a girl. It's sweet. He saw her friend or something, and she's like, get in line. He was like, don't bother me. That's what I said. (laughs) It's, like, so dramatic. Like, I can't get that girl out of my head. I'm like, that's so sweet. (laughs) Yeah, he's just like, I love her. I gotta find her. Yeah. I'm gonna say this with every song. I just, I love the sound. It just sounds so good. I do, too. It, like, just makes me tingle all over. Mm-hmm. Um, no guitar solos, but still a good sound. <laughs> yeah. I think I could be wrong, even though I just listened to this album, but I, like, made specific note of End of the World's guitar solos because there were two of them, and I was like, whoa! Um, yeah. I don't, I think End of the World is the only one with guitar solos on this album. There's not a lot. Like, maybe No Left Out Run has some, but we always don't listen but yeah like oh uh, this has got a more sultry sound yes like the album as a whole has some more sultry sound than these guitar solos are vibing with so there's not there's not a lot let's talk about the line pour yourself into my mouth i love the way you taste what i got a whole note (laughs) i got a whole note that line and the bridge as a whole is probably like single-handedly the reason that this is my note (laughs) I base a lot of, like, my rankings on, like, what gets my attention when I'm not paying attention. Yeah. And so I'm just, like, typing away, like, working on my dissertation. Like, da 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 I haven't listened probably actively for, like, 30 minutes, right? Like, I missed the whole album. It started over again. I'm not paying any attention. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, you just get, pour yourself into my mouth. I love the way you taste. <laughs> and I have, like, stopped what I'm doing. I've, like, looked up from my computer. I'm like, whew. And I got to back it up because I love that whole bridge, right? Like, yeah. you know, um, like, oh, like all of it, right? Like, uh, hold you tight. It feels so right. Girl, I just want to be the one to take you to heaven. And yeah. Like, oh, that whole, that whole bridge is chef's kiss. Love it. Who also doesn't have like that moment where it's, they have like that line before and pour yourself into my mouth is stay with me. Let's make it the longest day. Like you're like yeah. so like in love or you like, like someone so much, you never want the day to end that you're spending with them. And I was like, I see that. I feel that. But then like that next line is just so sexy. Like, <laughs> it is one of the sexiest things I have ever heard. Like, especially, I think it's one of the sexiest things that I've ever heard Danny say. And like, and I think that's why, and we're coming back, we're coming back around for this. Mm-hmm. I need a woman is like higher up on my list. And then if you see Kate is my number two, because it's a sort of, it's a more Danny centric song. Like all yeah. of these songs are really sexy, but a lot of them are really Tom centric. And then you get, if you see Kate and like, yeah. I, I remind me of that spreadsheet that Sarah made yeah. and she'd come on our podcast, you know, a few episodes back. And, like, was talking about how, like, Tom says way more filthy slash sexy things than Danny. And she was, like, kind of surprised to learn this. But she was, like, making a list of, like, all of the lyrics from across the albums. And, like, Tom was winning by a lot. And um, and so maybe that's why. Like, you know, it's just, like, <laughs> Danny says it. So that's extra, like, cherry on top for me. I want to say this right now. If a man ever says that to me, I'd probably marry him. 
<laughs> We're getting it on for sure. And also, because like there was a moment where I wasn't sure if I wanted this to be in my top five, and then hilariously, it ended up in my top three as my number two. But one of the other things I think that like kicked it way like up high or down low, however you think of the ordering, is like how narrative it is. Yeah. Kind of like how you were like talking about the dialogue in the song yeah. and like really going with the story. Like, it reminds me of, like, country songs. You know what I mean? Like, that sort of storytelling vibe, right? Like, I had a barbecue stain on my white t-shirt. <laughs> she, she was killing me in that, that miniskirt. <laughs> right? And then, you know, and then he's got, she's standing in line holding the book about compatible <laughs> signs. So, and I and I grew up on country music. Like, speaking of the, like, imprinting on the music that you listen to when you're, like, 14 years old. Yeah. Like, I don't listen to country as much as I used to when I was young, but I still sort of have a soft spot, especially for, like, 90s country music, yeah. which is what I grew up listening to. Um, so, like, this this makes me feel like that without actually being country music. Um, but I, I love that sort of narrative as well. Yeah. I love I love a little, I love a little Folly in Love story. I love it. It's a great, it's a great song. Yeah. Um, so that was your number two, my number three. My number two is this song. Oh, I'm so glad I made it in your top five. I was going to give a little special shout out if it didn't make it in anybody's top five. Tell me. Tell me about it. I love this song. And, like, I giggle every time I say that because I'm like, hey, it's like, it's the it's the title of the song. Um, it's also a very sexy song. So sexy. It's so sexy. It starts with, you know, being like, so where in the world someone's making love to this song right now. Mm -hmm. um, it's never me when that part happens, but it also moves into somewhere on the earth. Someone's driving home to this song right now, and it's always me. I'm like, that's <laughs> me. <laughs> every time, every time it came on, I was like driving home. I was like, that's me, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> They're singing about me. But then we get to like the pre-chorus, right? It's like wrap your legs around me and make the most mm -hmm. of this ride by turning off your mind. I'm like. Oh, this is where we're going. It just like, and then like the God lose control, release the fire in your soul. I get it. <laughs> and also, it's very sweet too, because it's like, girl, I'll try to make you happy. I won't stop till the day I die. Like, it's very sexy, but it's also very sweet. Yeah. Which is all you want in a partner. <laughs> I love it so much. I love it so much. It's not my number one, so that makes it not in my top five, that's the only one left. But, like, it was almost in my top five. Like, it changed order. Like, this is why I was saying, like, it's impossible to pick, mm -hmm. right, after you sort of eliminate the two or three that you know you don't love this much. Yeah. Right? Like, there's really no reason why it didn't be, like, that's the truth to be my number, like, five, right? Yeah. It's just, like, and the reason that if I had to give one that I, that I did sort of kick it out of my top five is because... I literally never listened to it on purpose. Um, but, like, so I let that be the deciding factor, right? But, honestly, every time I do listen on to I'm, I'm never mad to hear it. Yeah. Right? Like, steel drums? Where did those come from? <laughs> like, they have never had another song <laughs> before or since <laughs> with these steel drums. And, like, I'm a big Jimmy Buffett fan. And so, like, there's just, like, steel drums for some reason. And all those sexy lines you're talking about. Like... Makes me want to, like, take a vacation somewhere warm and, like, dance in the sand. <laughs> Have sex. Have sex on a tropical beach somewhere. <laughs> yeah. I'm really glad it's, like, you're number two, number two because that song needed some love. 
I don't know if you know this, but I always create a playlist of my top five when I've like picked the final songs to figure out like what order they should go in. So like I'll only listen to those songs until I figure out like I'm like, oh yeah, I need this one at this time or blah blah blah. So that's how it became number two, right? Like I was I just listened yeah. to these songs and I was like, that's number two. Now that we talked about it, I'm like never mind you that's the truth like get out <laughs> bring in this song because like I, I was trying to balance like how I felt that day versus like my lifetime career of listening to McFly and like I know that I listen to that's the truth more than I listen to this song but it's only because I'm snoozing on it because it's really good and I think if I remembered how much I liked it I would play it way more than I do yeah. it's so good so what's your number one I'm sure you can guess does it take me there it is absolutely <laughs> take me there <laughs> Let's just take everything I said about If You See Kate, just transition it on down, right? Like, this is one of my favorite love songs, not just from McFly, but, like, ever. And a large part of that, I think, has to do with, again, Danny-centric vocals, right? That really does it for me in a love song. I love me some Tom, but when Danny starts singing about love, I'm like, are you talking to me? I hope so. (laughs) So, like, there's just, like, that extra layer, but... Take Me There, it's it's lyrically really, it's poetic, it's romantic, the lines are memorable, like Tom is there with his awesome harmonies, the piano is just gorgeous, like every time I listen to the song I'm like, I want to get married, like let's go, right? It's not their sexiest song on the album, but I think it is their most romantic song. It's not the same feeling as let's wrap your legs around me, Enjoy you know, and, ride. you know, make the most of this ride, right? It's not, so it doesn't make me want to like get frisky um, in the same way but like it makes me want to like be in love and i've always loved it i don't really like it and but it's not like it's not a skip like i'll listen to it because i'm like oh this is okay but it's not like my top five right it's obviously it's gonna be above foolish and nowhere left to run even probably above trying to like it didn't make my top five but i do think it is a romantic song I know I said I don't like it, but I think my mouth started working before my brain did because I want to retract that. <laughs> because I do like it. Yeah. <laughs> my mouth was like, it's not a five, we hate it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which isn't true. The whole song makes me feel like I feel in If You See Kate when he says, pour yourself into my mouth, I love the way you taste. But knowing who you are as a person and knowing how you are in relationships, for sure. I can see that. It makes total sense. Like, you're obsessed with your partner in, like, a good, healthy way, not, like, a Joe Goldberg way. The way that I feel in the bridge of If You See Kate sort of carries over, I think, to this whole song has that sort of, like, can't get you close enough, like, um, can't get enough of you Mm -hmm. vibe. And that only exists in the bridge of If You See Kate. But it's in every line in Take Me There, right? You know, I feel like you're alive in me. Is this from verse one or I get anxious to know that you're the one I come home to being with I makes me suffocate because baby, I breathe you like that could be codependent, but I think it's romantic. I do want to talk about that line though for a second. I forgot about it. I get anxious knowing you're the one I come home to. To me, anxiety is not a good thing. I think in this case, it feels like it's like eager. Okay. Anxious. Like I can't wait. Okay. I can't sit still, you know, like, like the way people are like, oh, how are you feeling about your like big premiere tonight and you're like oh I'm anxious to get started yeah but I think a lot of people use anxious now as like more negative connotation rather than like 
I'm excited about it. Usually people are like, I'm very anxious. Yeah, like you hear the word anxious and your partner in the same sentence and you're like, oh, your partner should not be giving you that kind of anxiety. But in this connotation in this song, I think it's more like I'm anxious to get home because I love you, right? And I'm excited and I can't wait. So it's about anticipation, I think, and not actual anxiety. And then just like the repeating at the end with like, I feel like something is special here. Like, I feel like something is special. Like I said, I hear the song and I'm like walking down the aisle like in a wedding dress. I'm like, I love you and you love me and we're getting married. (laughs) I like it too. And I think it is one of their um, most romantic songs on this album. But it's still sexy. It's sexy having someone want you. Oh, yeah. Like, somebody, like, who just, like, loves you this much is fantastic. (laughs) Yeah, it's totally going to put you in the mood. Okay, are you ready for my number one? Is it I Need a Woman? I think you're going to be upset. It's I'll Be Your Man? It's both. (laughs) You cheated. (laughs) (laughs) It's I'll Be Your Man slash I Need a Woman because how do you separate the two of them? So you cheated. No, I didn't cheat. I bent the rules. Whatevs. Go ahead and talk about them. I bent the rules in my favor to pick both of these songs as my number one. So my 1A and my 1B, I'll Be Your Man, I Need a Woman. You can't separate these songs. And unfortunately, Nowhere Left to Run has the unfortunate placement between the two of them. I always skip that. And, like, there's literally a, a tweet I tweeted probably, like, forever ago. When on shuffle, Lord bless me this day, like, I'll be your man playing. And then right after that, I need a woman played. And it was the hottest thing that my shuffle had ever done for me. And <laughs> and I distinctly remember this because I'm pretty sure Chantel commented on it. <laughs> she was like, she was like, I agree. I love both of these because they have similar vibes. I also think of them together. Um, so I tried, I specifically wrote, like, I'll be your man versus I need a woman and, like, listen to them both over and over again to pick which one I, like, if I had to pick one that I like the best. And I chose I need a woman, which is why it's in my top five, and I'll be your man is not. I'll be your man changed places with this song three times to be spot six or seven, right? So it's very close to being in my top five. But I I put I need a woman in my top five and not I'll be your man because I like the woman one a little better. Why? Feminism? No. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, it's the, like, snapping. Ooh. I've been searching for some love and affection, but there's nobody giving me that kind of attention. I'm alone. Yeah, like, it just, like, it makes me want to, like, move my shoulder and, like, snap my yeah. fingers. And, like, Tom's killing Woo! it with these high notes. And, and, like, you know, everyone's in the background, like, ah. <laughs> And so I love I'll Be Your Man, but I, I do think I Need a Woman. I just, I like it a little bit more because it's got that like barbershop quartet. <laughs> I'll Be Your Man is also real smooth Whew. and sultry, but it doesn't have that same sort of like hip yeah. bop yeah. <laughs> barbershop. Yeah. I just, I love these songs. Like they are my, they're God tier to me. I have always felt this way about I Need a Woman, but like I relate to it so, so much, right? Because Tom's like, I'm alone. And I'm like, me too. Forever, babe. Um, but then as like, Danny comes in, like, he's like, but when it gets to midnight, I'm in my bed alone. You're all I want. You're all I need. 
it's cold in the night, but I'm looking for the heat. Yeah, like, it's so good. <laughs> mm-hmm. It is really good. <laughs> so if you had to pick. No. If you had to. No. Gun to my head, shoot me. I am not picking between these two. It's like picking between my children. No. 1B versus 1A. Nope. What's 1A? No. You already listed them. No, I didn't. I put a slash. <laughs> but when you said them out loud. <laughs> oh, because I couldn't say them at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be a need a your man one. <laughs> yeah, no. I, I, we haven't even talked about I'll Be Your Man, right? But I'll Be Your Man is like someone like is taking care of you and nothing sexier than someone just taking care of me. I know I'm like an independent bitch. I tried to move a freaking bed frame by myself today, right? And, but even after that, I was doing this by myself and I was like, wow, I'm alone. And it would be so nice if someone could take care of me. Mm-hmm. And that's what the song is to me. Like, I'll be your man, someone taking care of you. Mm-hmm. And, like, wanting to do everything they can to take care of you. Yeah. And, like, they'll walk through flames for you. And who doesn't want that? Mm-hmm. Right? Like, ugh. I just love it so much. But I don't understand who the hell Katie is. She's mentioned twice in this album. No idea who she is. Right. Like, if you see Kate, and then they're like, <laughs> it all went away since I found you, Katie. And I'm like, who's this bitch? <laughs> yeah, that is really funny. That's the only eye- eyebrow-raising thing about the song to me. But the rest of it, I'm just like, ah, yes. Like, someone be my man. Mm-hmm. Thank you. It'd be nice. But, no, I can't pick between both of them. I get it. I think you're a cheater, but I get it. Baby... It's been in the rules. <laughs> it's not cheating. The Katie line really stands out to me. I got to go back yeah. to that for a second. Because it would have been so easy for them to write, but that all went away since I found you, baby. Yeah. Right? Like, what's that? Like, that's that's natural. That's normal. And, like, they went out of their way to say Katie. And, like, it doesn't, it's not as weird to me. And if you see Kate... Because they they have they have songs named after women, right? Like they've got little yeah. Joanna and Josephine, and so like okay, this song is about a girl named Kate. Like they made her up, maybe, right? This is fine. Yeah. But then to like put her name in another song on the same album in a way that feels really like not unnatural, like it doesn't fit, but like unnecessary, right? Because it's <laughs> this isn't a narrative about a girl that should have a name because they're talking about a girl that needs a name, right? right? Um, so it's like, it's just really weird that they, I've always thought that like years for years and years, I'm like, why are they putting Katie in there instead of baby? Unless they just want to make a connection between this song and if you see Kate. Maybe. Yeah. When I think about other artists who do that, like Taylor Swift, Ed Sheeran, like Mm -hmm. it's a pattern for them. Right. So like they'll put names in songs because it's the pattern. This is the first time I feel like McFly have done that. Like I know like little Joanna, but that's is a song. And then Josephine with the lost songs. Again, that is 
two songs. Like you said, when Taylor Swift does it, she's building continuity between her songs because they all exist in like the same universe. Like, yeah. but she's really into that sort of world building, right? And yeah. the like narrative continuity, like I said. McFly doesn't do that, right? McFly's songs don't talk to each other. Like the only yeah. other example I can think of is when Tom said that Down Goes Another One is in response to She Falls Asleep, Yeah. right? It's the you from All She Thinks About Is You who's singing and Down Goes Another One. He thought of those songs as like a pairing. Yeah. But that's the only time they ever tried to do that. And then like they've done it here kind of, but like not in a way that I feel like really builds off of anything, except for I guess we can assume that the like the narrator and if you see kate finds her <laughs> and they get together because then he's promising to be her man um, yeah and i've always seen a connection between if you see kate and shine a light right because like he's literally looking for kate and then he's like you know if anybody sees her shine a light on her in the next song so maybe we should look at this album again like it's a narrative story Maybe we should. So, let's start with, I have the track list. End of the world. <laughs> the world is ending, just like in 2023. They predicted it in 2010. And then they partied, right? With Party Girl. Right. Maybe Kate is Party Girl. Who knows? But then the very next song is If You See Kate, right? So this is where we're introduced to Party Girl's name. Then Shine a Light. They're looking for her. Right. That's always made sense to me. Yeah, yeah. I'll be your man. Again, it's Katie. Like, I'll be your man, right? Nowhere left to run. Um, I always skip it, so I'm not entirely sure what this song is about. I'm with you so far, right? He's uh, he's at a party. He sees a woman he likes. He's looking for her. That song's two through four, right? Uh, he's promising to be there for her, to be her man in track five. So, okay, you've got this story. I'm in yeah, it. It makes yeah, sense so far. Yeah. He's found this girl. How does Nowhere Left to Run fit in? Let's look. Let's look. So it is the apocalypse, though. Right? Remember End of the World from the beginning? Sure. Um, it is the apocalypse. And he has lines in here like, um, if you leave me, I would die. I've got nowhere left to run, nowhere left to hide. Without you, I'm not a survivor. Without you, I'm not a survivor. Right? So there's like, I need you to save me. I've got nowhere left to run. So he's like, hey, without you, I won't survive this apocalypse. Okay? Maybe. Okay, he's like, I'll be your man is like an offer, right? He's like, hey, do you want a date? I'll be your man. Like, he's promising her something. And she's like, nah, dog, I'm good. And he's like, what? No, like, you're all I have. And I need a woman. Maybe this apocalypse, they have to procreate (laughs) to save the world. (laughs) Well, he's begging her to come back in this sense, right? He's like, I'll promise to be your man. And she's like, no, I'm good. And he's like, no, please, I need a woman. Like, come back. That's the truth. Maybe they dig it together. And her friends were like, we don't like this apocalypse guy. He's kind of weird. Like, he just saw you at a party one time and then followed you. That's kind of weird, Katie. But she doesn't listen. She does listen to them because they break up. But he's like, I have a name to defend, right? And then that's the truth. And then take me there. That's a hard left because now they're getting married. (laughs) (laughs) Now they're getting married. (laughs) Maybe it's not about Katie anymore. Maybe he's finding love with someone else. I don't know about all that. With Josephine. (laughs) Josephine's years away. This song is clearly their honeymoon because they're on vacation at a beach with steel drums. (laughs) But it really doesn't work out with it all ending with foolish. Right? So ultimately, what I have learned is that love 
is fleeting and you should take a chance whether it works out or not. Yeah. Seems to me like he put an awful lot of effort into getting Katie to go out with him and she finally agreed to go out with him and then he messed it up. <laughs> and he's like, how foolish of me. I don't think he messed it up. If we're going to take from that's the truth, I think lies were spread about If we him. take it from foolish, he messed it up. She left him. He's like, I never thought she'd remember the way that I left her heart. Didn't know I had it all till the moment I lost it all. People mind mistakes and fall. She won't ever recover. I'm trying to recall from the day I made her fall. She was broken on the floor. Okay, so do you think that's the truth? Because that's the truth. They definitely break up, right? And then maybe he went through, like, this episode of Take Me There and this song. Like, maybe I can win her back. Despite her friends spreading rumors about her. This is an unhealthy relationship. Yeah, it sounds like it. And then maybe when he's trying to win her back, he messes up. And now he's foolish. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like it. Maybe all the rumors were true about him. And he was like, no, they weren't. And he's a liar. It's not the smoothest narrative. If you were writing it as a story, I would have some workshop notes. But, like, it doesn't not work. If we were like, okay, this album, take it as a whole. Katie is the love interest in every single song. I could believe it. I could believe it, too. Thank you for coming to my workshop. Please grade it fairly. <laughs> my writing. Yeah. So, are there like any honorable mentions for this album that we haven't mentioned? I think we've talked about every single song on this list, to be honest with you. That's true, because we just went through it to do this story. We could throw out some like shout out mentions about the two songs that are not on the UK US edition that are on the Japanese edition. Oh, true. Uh, I always forget they exist, but uh, it is Sunny Side of the Street. Okay. Which is on the Japanese edition of Above the Noise and later appears again on the Memory Lane album. And then there's Hotel on a Hill, which is also on the Japanese uh, edition of Above the Noise, which doesn't appear anywhere else. It's only a demo. It's like a minute and a half long. But it's Tom singing about a hotel. Listen, I have a lot to say about that Hotel on a Hill. Oh, God, bring it on. It's about a graveyard, isn't it? Is it? Bro. Look at the lyrics again. I'm pretty sure it's about a graveyard and someone being depressed. Like, there's no reason for it to be this sad. So you, you're thinking that the hotel on a hill is the graveyard. Uh-huh. And so when there's always people in the rooms watching the sky in all its gloom, they say they're casting all the bad dreams away. And I know you'd like to stay, but the rooms are full today. So it looks like you have to stay sad. Is like somebody who's like, I want to be dead, right? I'm envious yeah. of these dead people not having to like go through this anymore. But the hotel on the hill is fully booked, which means that they have to stay alive, which means they have to stay sad. Right. Bro, that is deep. There's always people <laughs> in the rooms watching the sky and all its loom. It's like the corpse buried in the ground because you're always buried faced up. That's deep. I mean, this song is a minute and a half long. Like, I listened to it and I was like, what is this? Like, it's not even a full song. What's it even about? And, like, you were like, nah, one and a half minutes is all it takes. (laughs) I legit listened to it and I was like, no, there's no way that, like, it's that depressing. And then I listened to it again and I was like, this is about a damn graveyard. This is, like, suicide ideation being envious of people in a graveyard. Yeah. Wow. 
No wonder they cut it from the album. <laughs> when I look at the lyrics, given the context that you just gave me, I think it's a really solid interpretation. And it makes it makes sense in a way that, like, when I was just listening to it before, I was like, this isn't long enough to, like, bring me in emotionally. It's not narrowed enough to make me understand. But, like, the moment that you sort of be like, this is how I read it, like, it's invoking a lot more emotion with this interpretation. So then, like, the ending of it is like, but if you'd like, you could reserve a double bed or two for you. And to me, that's like, you know, you can reserve your grave plots. There's a road that takes you there, which, like, most of the time you have to drive to graveyards. And there's a million flight to stairs. You have to climb to find the hotel. The stairs are wind around the hotel. It's not the average kind of motel, the hotel on a hill. And to me, I guess this is not entirely true of all graveyards but like graveyards are on hills right yeah 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 like most of the most of the ones i've been to are on hills it takes like a long time sometimes to get to the grave that you want right so like yeah that's how i interpreted this song and i was like that is so depressing yeah so no wonder they're like no let's not do that yeah this is it does not fit with the with the sexy sultry above the noise vibes this does not fit in the narrative that we just built uh, with his life with katie oh no. maybe don't say that <laughs> now it's like um am i okay like <laughs> am i good is tom okay has somebody called them lately get him on the phone right now sunny side of the street <laughs> hard left <laughs> Yeah, hard left. <laughs> You're like, this sounds about a graveyard and somebody wishing that they could stay there because they don't want to be alive. And then it's like, you know, go out walking. <laughs> like, what a pivot. <laughs> I mean, this song could also be kind of sad. <laughs> what is, are you okay? I think this song is very peppy. It's like jaunty. Okay, but there are some jaunty songs that are sad, right? Like, Hey Ya from Outkast, sad song. But you wouldn't guess it because you're shaking yourself like a Polaroid picture. Why is it sad to you? I mean, this could also be interpreted as heaven. Um, the sunny side of the street. If you go walking, you best follow me because I'll show you something that you won't believe. I'll make you love me the next time we meet on the sunny side of the street. And then there's, like, so many colors while I counted five. There's a magic number. It's kept me alive. I mean, like, I just came off of Hotel on the Hill. And I'm like, is this death as well? Yeah, I, I listened to Sunnyside on the Street first, and I didn't have the same experience with Hotel on the Hill. So maybe that's why. But I do not interpret this song as, like, about being dead. I, I'm with you now that you've told me with the Hotel on the Hill. I think that's a really strong interpretation, and you have convinced me. And I share it now. But I, I'm not convinced so far with what you said about Sunny Side of the Street. Yeah, no, I'm not trying to convince you of Sunny Side of the Street. I'm just like, I just like came from Hotel on a Hill. And I was like, what is, why is this also like sad? But I think it was my sadness from, you know, like in Inside Out when sadness like touches like a happy memory and it comes slightly blue. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's, I think that's what's happening. <laughs> if you wanted it to be in conversation with Hotel on a Hill at all, it feels like Come with me. Like, I'll show you the sunny side of the street. I'll show you, like, how good love feels. Like, I'll show you, like, you know, the colors, right, uh, that have kept me alive. Like, 
you know, if, if I was going to give it a negative connotation, it would actually maybe be like to- toxic positivity as a response to a sad person. Yeah, like choose to be happy. Yeah. But if you took it out of conversation with Hotel on a Hill, then it wouldn't feel like toxic po- positivity. It would just feel like a happy song. Either way, I don't think it's like secretly got like a sad meaning. Like it really <laughs> truly does feel like jaunty and upbeat and not just because you're right that like a lot of lyrics can be sort of sad telling a sad story to upbeat music but it's not just the music that feels upbeat it feels like the words feel like upbeat to me right like so many colors like I counted five right that's that there's no way that McFly says a line like that without giving like a wink to their first single yeah and so like it just feels like a jaunty sort of happy song like generally delightful right uh it it, it matches the like love song theme of the album uh but tonally it doesn't I, I guess like what I'm like kind of about like so many colors white kind of five there's a magic number it's kept me alive like that line just seems like so weird a magic number it's kept me alive like what do you mean i don't 100 percent know this has historically happened to me with a lot of mcfly songs where i'm like what what does this mean danny <laughs> that you're a kissophobic right um but if I had to give one, I'm thinking about five colors. And so if like, it's a magic number that's kept me alive, something about how five colors is like kickstarted their career, right? Like that song has kept them alive. Yeah. Maybe literally, but also just like figuratively as far as like their career and their like livelihood and the things that they like is the reason that they can keep making more songs, right? The reason that they can do what they do is because five colors was so successful. And I don't think I like this verse of take a step out of the shade and give your heart away, but leave it somewhere it's easy to find. Just close your eyes and you'll hear it beat, oh, on the sunny side of the street. This is kind of giving me, like, stalker vibes. I mean, there is something about I'm gonna make you love me that, like, is probably the reason why it's a demo (laughs) (laughs) and not uh, a a song on the album proper, Uh, though they liked it enough, I guess, to put it on memory lane in a couple of years, and they did not. Uh, put Hotel on a Hill in Memory Lane. Like, that verse, <laughs> I'm reminded of Edgar Allan Poe's uh, short story of the heart being under the floorboard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're just like, you're just in a vibe right now. I'm in a vibe. Like, I'm like, I'm listening to this song and I'm thinking about like, how it feels like Motion in the Ocean McFly with like the like, do-do-do's and the ba-da-da-da-ba-ba's and... And, like, I'm thinking about Frank Sinatra, who, like, also has a song called On the Sunny Side of the Street. Uh, yeah. About, like, grab your hat and leave your coat or whatever, you know? <laughs> and uh, and so, like, we are just, we came at this in two very different headspaces. Because I'm, like, delightful. And you're, like, stalker. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I also, I confess that I have probably only heard the songs, like, six times in my entire life. Yeah. Like, I knew it existed that it was like a McFly song that like never really made it onto an album. I've heard it on YouTube a couple times, but like I don't listen to it regularly. It doesn't show up on my shuffle. Uh, I don't even really know the words that well. Yeah. So it's not like meaningful to me in any way. Uh, but I do think it's really like peppy and bouncy. And so it's funny that you're like, what's beneath the bounce, Tom? <laughs> There could be nothing behind his bounce, but there could be everything behind his bounce. You never know what someone's going through. I mean, Dougie went to rehab during this album, so. You are like a little blue tinge. Like, you're looking through everything (laughs) through that blue lens from the the inside out sound. But, yeah, that's all. That's all I gotta say. (laughs) 
When you listen to this at home, everyone, uh, make sure you send Stephanie a little bit of love on Twitter. <laughs> she could use a pick-me-up, I think. Well, if you agree, disagree, or just want to make two new friends, please follow and talk to us on our social media accounts on Make Who with the Podcast. If you want to follow us on our personal accounts, my Twitter account is stuff to do. That's stuff underscore T O D O. And I'm on Twitter at Sam underscore Edmonds one twenty two. And like we said in our previous episode, this will be our last episode slash season for about a year of a hiatus. Thank you for joining us uh, on our third anniversary Above the Noise season special. We wanted to come in on our anniversary and just drop you some episodes and say hello, but we are going to take a break after this before we launch into memory lane. So we'll still be around on the internet. Talk to us. Let us know what you think about the new episodes. And maybe for our fourth birthday, (laughs) we will come back with some memory lane episodes because around that time is when I will be done with my PhD program. Wow wild getting phd is really hard uh (laughs) and it gets in the way of your real life aka mcfly it's true the only thing real in life is mcfly mcfly is life mcfly is love that's absolutely correct yes (laughs) people on the internet will get that reference do you get that reference (laughs) no (laughs) okay it comes from a meme of shrek is life shrek is love i'm gonna have to show you that video Continuing Sam's education on the internet and yours, I'm Stephanie. (laughs) And I'm Sam. And we'll see you next summer. Thanks for listening. Bye.